Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, my name is Matt Sin. I'm here with my cousin Kyle Pauly, and we are here to tell you all about AEW Dynamite. Dynamite! Today is October 16th, 2019, and Kyle, I need I need something from you. I needs it. I needs it for, from down in your gut. Uh, what is that? Today is your turn to do this day in wrestling history. So I need you to just do to dig deep. I need you to dig deep and give me your best Chris Cumbie impersonation for this day in wrestling history. Well, I'll definitely have to dig down deep because my voice is a little raspy today. I don't know <laughs> if it's the the weather change or whatever, but I'll try to do my best. All right. uh, not my best Chris impression because I don't care about that. <laughs> but uh, I'll try to do my best uh, this day in wrestling history. <clears throat> All right, here we go. This day in wrestling history. It's pretty good. It's good. I dug it. I sound like a WCW announcer. <laughs> oh, so today's October 16th, 2019. Uh, last year was SmackDown 1000. Huh. It was in Washington, D.C. And uh, there were four whole matches on it. One of the four was 45 seconds with The Miz beating Rusev. I don't remember what happened here. I don't even think I watched this show. But <laughs> it just sounds like the other three matches, the Usos beat AJ Styles and Daniel Bryan. Cesaro and Sheamus beat Biggie and Xavier Woods. And then the main event, Rey Mysterio beat Shinsuke Nakamura. And oh. like, yeah, yeah. if you tuned in and saw three matches, two of them were 10 minutes, one was 13, and then you have a 45-second match as your fourth match, like, would you care? Has Rey Mysterio been back a year? I guess. Huh. Yeah, he wrestled Shinsuke a year ago. It doesn't feel like it. <laughs> yeah. Also in this day in wrestling history, in 2004, just a few months after a young Matt Sin graduated high school, you had in Ring of Honor, Samoa Joe versus CM Punk 2. Hmm. Which went for a 60-minute time limit draw. The uh, The golden era of ROH. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Alex Shelley defeated Jimmy Jacobs. I'm looking at other, other, any other big names on here. Um, Jay Lethal defeated Delirious. Mm, Jack Evans and Roderick Strong beat Homicide and Rocky Romero. Yeah, but not, lot, not bad. A lot of those names are still around too, so. I know, yeah, this is 15 years ago. Huh. So that's crazy. I remember getting the uh, ROH DVDs and watching us watching them together. Yeah, I remember that. Didn't we have an AJ Styles versus Daniel Bryan one? I think so. Bryan Danielson, I think. By the way, that Joe versus Punk, I've never seen it, but now I really need to go back and watch it because it was rated five stars by Wrestling Observer. Hmm. I think so I, I'm pretty sure I've seen that one. I've seen one of their matches. Yeah. Yeah. I'd really like to see it, but uh, let's get into Dynamite. Dynamite. So yeah, we they, a, were, a, uh, they were in Pennsylvania. Uh, Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. They were. At Temple this University. Were, oh, is that where they were? I really like that the fact the fact, and I think I've mentioned this before, so I apologize if I sound like a broken record, but I I like that their venues look different. Yeah, I mean they even when they had the was it the Fighter Fest, the one that they had that you and Chris went Fight to? Fight for the Fallen. Fight for the Fallen. Yeah, it was like, awesome. Yeah, you in that venue, even though they had some technical difficulties, but just like the look of it was pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, it was nice that it was just different. I really dug yeah. it. 
and they're uh, coming to Nashville at the uh, municipal um, building up here. And I went to an ROH show up there and it's a pretty cool venue too. So cool. They're, yeah, they're going to a lot of different places. And um, yeah, so I have a feeling that it's going to keep looking more different and more different. Yeah, Cody said that he wanted it to look different. So I, I think that that's something that they're pushing for, which is fine. Because to be fair, as cool as the WWE's new sets look, it all kind of looks the same. Like even when they were in Madison Square Garden, it just kind of looked like the the WWE venue. So it's just, it's nice to see. I don't know. It just adds something to the aesthetic, I think. Yeah, no, I agree. Yeah. Um, Dynamite opened up with a bang. See what I did there? <laughs> Clever. <laughs> yeah, thank you. I bet that joke has never been made before. So we're having uh, a couple first round tag team tournament matches tonight. And the first one was the SCU versus the Best Friends. Frank Gazarian and Christopher Daniels are making their way out. And they get beaten up by uh, Penta and Phoenix. But here's the, the bros. Yeah, here's the thing. So Penta does a package pile driver on Christopher Daniels on the rampway. And dude looks dead. Like he doesn't move. The ref does the X. We all know that it's it's a worked X, but... Um, and I don't like them doing the X when it's a work, but I guess if they know it's planned and hopefully have some other out just in case he actually did hurt himself. Um, they, the Lucha Brothers attacked Kaz, but Scorpio Sky comes running out and saves him and scares them off. They run away. And he Scorpio says to the ref that he's going to fill in. And he's in like some black jeans and tennis shoes. And the, the, the referees and the paramedics are out there getting Christopher Daniels. They take him away, but like they have this thing around his neck. They're being real careful with him, like it's a very serious injury, and that's how they sold it. Now I don't. Them? Later on in the show, I don't. Th- I don't know if they did it here or not. I can't remember, but I, I definitely know later on in the show uh, they showed a replay of it. And I'm not saying he really got hurt, but I'm pretty sure his head did bounce off of the ramp. It may have a little bit because like I, it, I saw the replay and it looked nasty. Yeah, it looked like it hit a little bit. I don't. You know, I'm not saying he really got hurt. And then I replayed it several times just to make sure. And, uh, it, it looked like to me and even, uh, my girlfriend was sitting on the couch with me and she audibly screamed when she saw it. <laughs> so, uh, it definitely looked like to her that he really got hurt. Uh, huh. Yeah. Uh, Carol doesn't like these kind of ma- or the kind of crazy hardcore matches either. So when something like that happens, sometimes she cringes, but she was okay with this. I think she's seen enough Young Bucks versus Lucha Brothers just murdering each other and then them all walking away to, to be okay with the package pile driver. Yeah. But, so hopefully he's is 100% okay. I'm pretty sure he is. Um, but I actually I actually did like this. Um, not the him bouncing his head off the ramp part, but right. uh, when Scorpio came out and he, uh, you know, went and grabbed the wrist tape and he, you know, was just – and Kaz was angry. He was pounding the – because, I mean, really – They've kind of been a comedy act so far. Um, I mean, they've won their matches, but right. they've been pretty silly when they're, you know, when they've kind of been a team on several occasions. Um, so it was nice here to see them kind of be more serious and uh, show us, you know, a little bit of an edge to them that they're, you know, really, you know, they're pissed off that, you know, the uh, Lucha Brothers came out and attacked them before this match. Because, I mean, it, right. it's it's for the tag team uh, title tournament. And, I mean, it could have cost them the match and they're pretty frustrated. Yeah. And that's fair. It's fair to say, and it's fair to do. Best friends come out, and this was kind of weird to me. 
I guess because I'm so used to watching WWE. I mean, WCW and WWE are the only two companies that I've watched religiously my entire life. I've watched a little bit of other stuff, but those are the two companies that I've watched. So to see a team that we assume are two faces come out and basically take advantage of Scorpio Sky, I mean, and and Kaz and his injury that he was selling. And they took off Scorpio, one of Scorpio Sky's shoes and tossed it out into the crowd. Uh, and it's funny, later on in the match, he tossed his own shoe out and it got tossed back in the ring, which was absolutely <laughs> hilarious. And then yeah, the, ref, it, it, the ref just tossed it away anyway. Yeah, yeah. But it was just, it was kind of weird that two good guys would, would do that. But again, it's a competition. If it was sport, maybe someone would do that. I, I don't know. But th- this match was pretty fun. Tell us about it. Well, I mean, they did kind of act heel a little bit uh, in this match, the best friends. But they also came out uh, at the top of the ramp after um, Kaz and uh, Scorpio had gotten in the ring. And they kind of looked a little bit like they were unsure. They were kind of like, man, it sucks. But, I mean, we want these tag titles. So, I mean, I didn't really see them. They took advantage of it, and I don't really blame them. So, I don't. I didn't really see it as that being, you know, being that evil. I, um, you know... It, like I said, I, I didn't really see it as like an evil tactic, but uh, yeah. They, so they, they basically just took advantage of Kaz's injured back. And uh, JR was also quick to remind us that uh, it's winning in advance in this tournament. There's not uh, if you get a draw, you don't advance. Which is cool. Yeah. Like uh, I think the example that was that I used was the King of Ring tournament where, um, you know, Ricochet and Samoa Joe went to a draw. Right. And uh, they just let them go through the next round. So, yeah, and I do like that. I, part of me was kind of hoping that, they, I mean, I don't necessarily want there to be a draw, but for them to take advantage of that, I think it would be kind of cool. Obviously, they're not going to do it now that they're into the final four, but it, there were a couple of cool spots in this match, too. I think that uh, one of my favorites was actually Chucky e. T doing a, a forward flip over the top rope onto the outside uh, to one of the members of SCU who moved out of the way and he landed right on Trent Beretta. Yeah. I don't, did Scorpio pull him in front? Uh, he, he basically went I didn't a, notice that. If he did, it wasn't a very good camera angle. Yeah. Um, oh, and uh, speaking of camera angles, they also had a, they debuted a turnbuckle cam. Oh, I love it. Yeah. They had several of those. They were pretty cool. Um, yeah. And, I mean, even one in this match – I don't remember seeing another angle of it, but they, they showed it for the first time in this match. It was like a turnbuckle cam pointed to the outside. So you could see the dive from like the perspective of the turnbuckle to the outside. So that's kind of cool. I mean, I haven't seen anything like that anywhere else. So, but yeah, I really enjoyed this match. It was, it was a great show opener opener. Like you said, uh, Scorpio was like in just jeans. He lost his shoes at one point. Uh, he got a, he's got no shoes chant from the crowd. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. Um, Best friends went for a hug mid-match, and uh, they were pretty much on SCU's side the whole time until Scorpio broke up the hug, and then he got a big <laughs> – basically the crowd turned on him. Uh-huh. Uh, but he did win him back. Um, yeah. But uh, the best friends, after the hug, after they finally connected with the hug, disposed of uh, Scorpio. He uh, went for a pile driver on the apron um, for uh, on Kaz, but Scorpio was able to stop it. Uh, Kaz made the tag. And they tried to do a power bomb into like a what's it a power bomb and a drop kick like a drop kick yeah it was kind of botched yeah they they it was kind of sloppy and uh, they went ahead and pinned got the pin anyway and Kaz and Scorpio won but it was a 
sloppy end to an otherwise really good match. Um, and uh, yeah, so Kaz and Scorpio win, and they're going to face Dark Order next week. Yeah. Yeah, and that should be fun. I'm I'm not a big fan of Dark Order, but I have a feeling that SCU is going to win, especially with you know the the Lucha Brothers and SCU having you know this little bit of a build up. The only thing that I don't like about it is it's very WWE to go. Okay, the tournament we're still on the, haven't even had the first round yet, and we've got people in opposite brackets attacking each other, and if they wind up in the finals, it's almost like AEW gave away the finals to me. Yeah, um, I could see that for sure, uh, and we'll, <laughs> we'll we'll talk more about giving stuff away uh, a little bit later on in the show. But um, yeah, yeah. So they'll they'll face the Dark Order next week. Um, and here was a uh, after the match, we had a good example of picture in picture. Uh, we went to commercial break, and they showed yeah. LAX walking backstage and just you know barking at the camera and you know doing whatever. Nothing that you had to pay attention to, but if you did, it's like a nice little treat, which I think yeah. is a perfect way to use it. And then uh, two jobber geeks came out and made their entrance. <laughs> so also something you don't need to care about. Uh, yeah. I forgot their names. I think one was John Silver and Alex Reynolds is what I'm showing. Yes. So uh, they had the same colored tights. So they're a tag team. Uh, <laughs> so they come out and uh, make their entrance. So we come back from the picture in picture commercial break. And Justin Roberts introduce Santana and Ortiz, um, but they don't have a team name yet. I don't think, unless it's that no. um, was proud and proud powerful and power or something like that. It's like power, pri- proud and powerful. I think. Yeah, Which, I don't think that's their official team name. I think it's just part of their song. Yeah, but I could be wrong. I saw it on the Titan Tron, and I was waiting for Roberts to possibly say that, but he didn't. So, yeah, I'm assuming it's not their team name. But yeah, uh, I thought this was. I don't know how you feel about it. Cause I know you and Chris have strong feelings on like the Viking Raiders squashes and all that, yeah. but I thought this was a great squash match. Uh, what do you think? Well, okay. So here's why this worked in the WWE doesn't. And I don't want anyone to say, Oh, oh you're just being biased to AEW. Maybe I am. Cause I just watched like a week and a half of the worst WWE television I've ever seen. But <laughs> let me tell you why it did work. First of all, when, when WWE does squash matches, they bring in usually bring in two guys that are smaller than Marco Stunt. And they're these two little geeks, and they just get thrown around the ring by two giant men. Also, they do it multiple weeks in a row, sometimes multiple times on the same show, and it it just it's just boring and dumb. Yeah. This worked for a couple reasons. One LAX was about, or yeah, Santana and Ortiz, sorry, their impact name is LAX. Santana and Ortiz are about the same size as these guys. I mean, these dudes were, weren't were small guys. Okay? Even that one guy, he had some pretty big arms. Like Yeah, big old arms, yeah. yeah. And it worked secondly because AEW still could technically be debuting new people. So we don't automatically know that these guys are jobbers that don't get names. And thirdly, this isn't happening every single week. This is the first time it's happened in three weeks. And as long as it doesn't happen again in the next week or two, and they give it some time, I'm I'm okay with it. It was also Santana and Ortiz's first match. Yeah. So it put them over. Their finisher looked freaking awesome. It only lasted like three and a half minutes. There was a cool promo from Jericho at the end, which you can tell us about. I was, I was okay with it as long as it's not a regular occurrence. Yeah, I think it, it, it still could have been a little bit better. Um, they started out pretty quick. 
and they were doing some good double teams. But then at one point they just kind of slowed down and were just, you know, I don't know if it's because they, I mean, obviously they don't want to just go crazy and get, you know, get over with the crowd because they're heels. Um, so maybe that's why they slowed it down, but they kind of slowed it down in the middle of the match and just kind of paced themselves towards the end, then hit their finisher. So the very end of the match kind of drug a little bit uh, when it may, maybe didn't need to. But other than that, I mean, I thought it was a good squash match. And like you said, after um, the match, they kind of got the rampway and they point to the uh, the Jumbotron or the uh, the big television, whatever you want to call it. Yep. And uh, Jericho comes on, cuts a good promo for uh, Santana and Ortiz. Putting them over a lot. Oh, yeah. And uh, just, you know, calls them psychos and, you know, just put them over like crazy men. And he basically says that they want to – they told him that they want to challenge the best tag team um, in the company and they want to, you know, beat them, you know, before they get to the titles or something like that. And uh, basically said at full gear he wanted uh, – Santana Ortiz wanted to challenge the Young Bucks. And so um, they issued the challenge. So we'll see. Uh, probably next week I'm guessing we'll hear an answer unless they just come out and announce it because they did later on the show uh, – kind of tease what was coming next week and young bucks uh, were teased on the show. So maybe they'll come back next week and answer. That's going to be fun. Yeah. I'm really looking forward to that match. Obviously it'll be accepted, but yeah, it should be tons of fun. And here is where the show really started to pick up. And again, first match of the night, solid. Then we had a squash match, which was fine, but this is really where we started getting going. And we had Riho versus Britt Baker. Oh, you, uh, before that, actually, um, we did have the awesome Cody Ro- uh, Cody Rhodes package. Oh yeah, which yeah, really I did. Great. So it, basically, it was a uh, video package. It was um, basically just talking about how much the world title match, or like kind of winning a world title, means to Cody. And we had Brandy like sitting down in their kitchen talking about like all the median stuff that he's got to do and all this. Uh, VP stuff that he has to do. And she's just reading off a list of all his tasks and he's just kind of sitting there in his thoughts. And it was a good way to show that like, he's got all this stuff going on around him, but he's trying, but at the same time he has to think about this title and think about this match. And we also had um, uh, MJF come on and talk about how important it was to him, uh, showed him training, uh, doing some hitting pads and lifting weights. DDP came on and, did his Dusty Rhodes impression, but also, you know, put over him and his dad and just talked about how much it meant. It was spot on, too. It was a great oh, yeah. impression. So it was great. My only issue with it, it was hyping Cody Rhodes going for the title and how much it meant to him and basically saying that he wants to beat Jericho for the title. And I'm like, you know what? This is a great video package. I really like it. They should do more of this. But at the same time, there's a world title match coming here, here later in the show. And I mean, it's pretty obvious that Darby Allen wasn't going to win in this main event. Right. Cause you know, Jericho's going to be champion for a while at least, but at the same time, they, like this pretty much told the audience like, yeah, we know Darby Allen's not going to win. Right. Like, it, it, I, at least they could have said, like Cody could have said, I don't care who's the champion. If it's Allen or Jericho, maybe I wanted to be Jericho so I could take the belt from him. But whoever it is, I'm coming for it. Like something like that could have easily kind of fixed that. But uh, but other than that, really, it was I thought it was a great video package. Yeah, it was really, really good. I enjoyed it. MGF was on there a little bit acting not super heelish, which is he always does around Cody. So it's fine. Yeah. It was fine. 
Then we get to Riho versus Britt Baker. Yes. And l- let me let me give a little bit of uh, feedback on this, and I want you to tell us all about the match. And I, I just have okay. two opinions I want to give. So first and foremost, I thought the match started a little slow, and I actually think the crowd even got a little bored because they were making noises and they seemed a little restless. But they they were won over very quickly, and the second half of this match, maybe even more than the second half of it, was absolutely incredible. Um, I think Riho can be an absolute superstar. She does such a good job with getting the crowd on her side. It's just, it's astonishing how someone that basically no one in America knows can work a crowd so well at such a young age. And yes, I know she's been wrestling since she was nine or whatever, but it just, it blows my mind. And I think that if they handle her correctly, which all signs point to they will, she is going to be a legitimate wrestling, not just AEW, wrestling superstar. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Like, I enjoyed this match. I thought it was really sloppy. Um, I, definitely during the start of the match. Uh, like you said, they were kind of sloppy to begin with. Yeah. Uh, they got lost several times and kind of just had to roll around. And uh, I don't know if it was – you know, Britt, that, you know, she's still a little bit green. And, uh, well, Britt so Baker is the one that tried to run to the wrong turnbuckle at Fight for the Fallen to, to yeah. tag her opponent. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, she did have a concussion too. So I don't yeah, want to. That's, that's true. Yeah. I don't want to put too much. But here, she, they got mixed up several times. Uh, they tried like an arm drag and it was unsuccessful. And they kind of just rolled around for a second before they finally got up. And then later on in the match, they kind of got confused again. And then Britt just kind of pushed Riho into the rope. Um, and then they did okay after that. Um, the crowd was totally behind Riho and I thought it really helped the match. Yeah. Um, if they weren't, I don't think this would be a great match. Um, uh, I still don't think it was a great match. Um, I, it did pick up more towards the end and it yeah. had a, I thought it had a great finish. Yeah. Exactly. So I think that helped it a lot. Um, but technical, like technically speaking, it wasn't a great match. Um, and, but, but it was a good, you know, because people kind of see Britt Baker as, you know, probably the one that, you know, they thought was going to lead the women's division. So you could, yeah. you could kind of believe here that they might put the title on her. And so, and there was one spot, and I can't remember after what spot it was, but, I mean, Riho kicked out at the legitimate last second. And as she kicked out, I looked over to my beautiful wife, and I said, I, they had me for a quick second. They really did. Like, I legitimately thought that that was the end of the match. But the end yeah. was so cool. Britt was going for the lockjaw, or as Chris Cumbie calls it, the root canal. And it, it, I legitimately started laughing because Riho wouldn't open her mouth. And she was like yeah. clenching <laughs> her mouth closed and shaking her head. And Britt somehow got her to open her mouth. And as she got it in, she got rolled up. And Riho got the one, two, three. And it was a good surprise roll up. Just, just imagine, I can't believe that I'm saying this. And maybe I am biased, but AEW had a good uh, uh, jobber match followed by a good match and then a roll up, and it just—I have no complaints. Makes no sense. <laughs> yeah, uh, I mean, like, like I don't think I enjoyed this match as much as you did. It, I do agree, it had a good ending, um, uh, but you, the sloppiness took me out of it for a little bit. Um, and I guess my only—I like Riho, but she's not my favorite. And yeah. I think one of the reasons why I, I agree with you that she. She has potential yeah. for sure. And I mean, the crowd's behind her already, so that's great. 
but I don't know for, it just doesn't sell to me. I just see her as like a, if they had a Kyrie saying in this role, yeah, she would be a superstar like right now. Okay. Like she, she's uh, about the same height probably, but she's got like a, a little bit more like. Kyrie is kind of very small, is much bigger than Riho. Yeah. Yeah. Like Riho is small and she's very skinny. Yeah. Like she just, uh, and, and in the ring, she's not as like athletic. I don't feel. Um, yeah. she does, she, she can move pretty quickly. And there was a point in the match where she, um, uh, she had, I think she had hit it or she had a submission, um, the single leg crab on Britt Baker. And then once Britt got to the rope, she like immediately got to the turnbuckle and jumped down and hit a stomp. Like that yeah. was a cool spot. That's really cool. Um, and that was, you know, she did that really quickly. And I think there needs to be more of that before I'm like sold on her. Okay. But kind of right now I just see her as a, basically a B plan, like a plan B to uh, Kyrie Sane. Like that's just what I see. Like she's just a very similar, you know, type wrestler. Yeah. So that's what I see. Um, but uh, I don't know. We'll see what they, you know, what happens to her. I mean, the yeah. crowd's behind her now, so that's great. Um, and she's, you know, in good matches. So um, yeah, we'll see where it goes from here. I will 100% admit that I am a sucker for a hot crowd. And when a crowd is, is we have a really good crowd, like you basically always do in Philly. Yeah. It does make the show and the match is happening better for me. But still, like I, I, I don't think that that's really, I don't think that that's that's affecting me too much. I really do think that she is going to be a superstar here in six months. I'm telling you, like we'll we'll wait and see. But I do think that she's going to be a really big deal. Yeah. So I, I mean, I like her. I'm not. I'm not saying I don't like her. I just, uh, I just think if they have Kyrie saying in the same role, like right now, I think she'd already be a star. Yeah. She wouldn't need six months because okay. she's just, uh, she's just got that superstar look about her. And w- we could go on about Kyrie saying and Oscar. I mean, I know you guys talked on your raw review yeah. about how, you know, and I'll get more into that, uh, later on in the week. Um, on SmackDown. Yeah. Cause, uh, I'm going to be doing the SmackDown review this week, everybody. And boy, do I have a lot to say. <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait to listen. I can't wait to yeah. listen. So after the match is over, uh, Britt Baker, she kind of looks upset, but she shakes her hand. Riho accepts it, and uh, it was it was fine. That's basically all it was. I do want to point out that Riho, that, that AEW woman's belt is really small, and Riho is so tiny that it's literally on the last clasp, and like you never see that. Like the the end of it was like hanging off. Like it was really it was interesting looking. She's a tiny, tiny, tiny person. And she was wearing a robe in the like during her entrance. Yeah, and the belt was still kind of almost about to fall. Off. Yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> yeah, uh, uh, the commentary team tells you that Christopher Daniels suffered a stinger after getting the pile driver, and that he is probably okay. Lucha Brothers versus Jurassic Express is next. Marco Stunt and Jungle Boy are in this match. The first thing I thought of is where's Luchasaurus? Yes. This is week three, and I want him here. And luckily, the commentary team because they're good at their jobs, say, unfortunately, Luchasaurus can't be here, so Marco Stunt is filling in. Luchasaurus is actually in a hospital with a legitimate injury. You know, and I thought, oh, well, that's a huge bummer. And as as much as I would have liked to have seen him in this match, it was real good. It was a lot, a lot of fun seeing Pentagon and Phoenix, who aren't, neither one of them are like huge guys, 
just throw around Jungle Boy and Marco stunt like these guys are the big show and Kane. It was crazy. Yeah. And it was almost a squash match. Yeah. Um, but a good, I mean, it was competitive at the same time. Like it wasn't completely one sided, but Lucha Brothers pretty much controlled this match. And right. I think it told a good story in that obviously Luchasaurus is hurt. He's, you know, Jungle Boy's tag team partner. And Marco Stunch is not Luchasaurus, obviously. <laughs> so, right. uh, you wouldn't expect Jungle Boy and Marco Stunt to come in here and be super competitive. Um, so they basically uh, focused on Marco Stunt. I mean, actually, Jungle Boy and Marco Stunt early on had some good high flying moves and they had did. control. And then, um, but Phoenix and Pentagon basically, you know, got to stunt and uh, were working him over. Phoenix even hit an awesome, uh, it was like he had Jungle Boy, I think it was Jungle Boy. He had one of them in an, uh, like a arm, uh, ringer and he got to the top rope and uh it hit an enziguri on the other yeah and then did an arm drag off the top rope like, it was awesome yeah and uh they're so good yeah they're really good so uh and then pentagon hit a big driver move for a near near fall and then mm-hmm. we had a uh not good example of um picture in picture here during the right. middle of the match uh they didn't do it last week and i really liked it and then they went back to it this week and I, again, didn't like it. Um, not a fan of the picture-in-picture picture during the match. Because, um, like I said, I just... because Especially because I actually started the show about 10 minutes late. So, But I, I was like, okay, that's good. I can just fast-forward through the commercials. Yeah. But uh, then the commercials were coming on during matches at this point. So I was like, well, I can't... I feel like I can't really fast-forward. Right. <laughs> like, I don't want to miss anything. But at the same time, I want to. So I think I ended up doing it eventually because um, yeah. there were a couple of times they did the picture in picture, uh, but I, I just prefer it how they use it in the first part. Like just use it for like an entrance or a post match. If you have to, um, I understand like they want to do some long matches, but they have to have commercial breaks. So it's kind of a tough deal, but yeah, I would just rather, I think later on they, had, um, in the main event, they did a, commercial break just straight commercial break right in the middle of it and right i prefer that really just my opinion yeah i because i feel like they have it in the corner but they don't have sound to it there's stuff going on but i'm still like in commercial mode and i like in, just end up not paying attention yeah. to the screen yeah, or it's very distracting yeah so i would just do one or the other either have picture in picture and make it not something that needs to be watched or just go to commercial I understand that. I want to point out one cool thing that I really liked in this match. One big spot is um, Marco Stunt hit um, Phoenix, I think it was, with a 450 splash off the top. And then Jungle Jungle Boy ran from the opposite corner and did a standing shooting star. And it was really cool. Yes. Yeah, I mean, it was a great match. Um, Jungle Boy eventually got the hot tag in the end uh, and kind of, you know, ran wild. And it was funny because... Marco kept like he'd get the hot tiger to get beaten up and then he'd still go flying to the outside. Jr. was like, this kid has a death wish. He just needs to stand on the apron and get a rest. <laughs> but he kept going. And uh, eventually Lucha Brothers, you know, got to both of them and one with the package pile driver stomp combo uh, on Marco stunt. They got the pin, got the win here. Yeah. Uh, and I actually, I don't know how you feel about it, but I, I enjoyed the match. Like I said, I, I think it was almost a glorified squash match, um, but you kind of would expect it to be. Yeah. And I almost preferred this to Jungle Boy Luchasaurus, even though I love Luchasaurus, because 
they are, like you pointed out in our group chat, they've put the records on AEW's website. And of course, they show them on their entrances now, their singles and tag record. Luchasaurus and Jungle Boy, I believe, are winless so far in AEW. Oh, wow. And I had a feeling they were going to lose this match against Lucha Brothers, mainly because they're building towards, you know, Lucha Brothers and SCU in the final. And I was kind of bummed because I was like, you know, I bet they're going to put on a good match. But I think Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus could really be like a star tag team in this company. Yeah. Like, I just think they're awesome. And the fans love Luchasaurus and Jungle Boy so much. I really would hate for them to go 0-4 here. <laughs> so I almost kind of preferred Jungle Boy and Marco Stunt getting the loss here because it wasn't – it makes more sense story-wise. Like, yeah, Luchasaurus was hurt. So the tag team wasn't at their full potential. So you would expect them to get beat. Whereas – I'd be pretty bummed if Luchasaurus and Jungle Boy just lost here like this. Yeah, okay. I understand. I get it. So we follow up this match with another tag team match that was not part of the tournament. But was really good. It was my favorite match of the night. I absolutely yes. loved it. I agree. Pac and John Moxley versus Adam Page and Kenny Omega. Kenny Omega, happy birthday to you, sir. Got a happy birthday chant? He sure did. And, uh... I absolutely loved everything about this match. I don't think there was a single point that I was bored. Yeah, I, I don't really think there was a single point of it that was really all that slow. Like, it was just constant move after move. And even John Moxley, who compared to, you know, the other three guys, would be considered slow. He's not a slow wrestler, but considered compared to the other three, he would be. But... Right. He just looked incredible. And it wasn't, oh, they're all doing fast, you know, flippy-dee-doo-dah stuff, and he's going to do a clothesline and slow down the pace. No, he kept up with them. And it was just, oh, my gosh, it was absolutely incredible. Tell us all about it. Yeah, I mean, Moxley's been obviously re- reinvigorated since leaving uh, that other company that uh, we won't mention on the show anymore. Uh, <laughs> but he he's definitely, I mean, even – AEW and New Japan, he's just been his career is just like reignited. And uh so I thought he was great in this match. And like you said, he didn't slow things down at all. He was awesome as well. Um the match actually started pretty chaotic with almost like a tornado. I wasn't actually sure if it was a regular tag or tornado, by the way, they they kind of went after each other to start. Um Pac and uh uh Hangman got into it. Uh Kenny and Omega or uh, Kenny Omega and Moxley were going at it. Um, but basically, uh, Kenny got beat up on by Pac and Moxley early, uh, and got the hot tag. It was able to, um, well, he got the hot tag to Hangman, and they were able to regain control for a little while. But he went for the dead eye. Moxley, Moxley was able to get to the ropes, and Pac distracted Hangman uh, while he was on the top rope, and Moxley threw him onto the apron, and that looked like it really yep. hurt. Uh, he just took a flip from the top rope to the apron and went straight to the floor. And then we had um, the only negative in this match. I feel like we had another picture in picture. Yeah. <laughs> like I said, not a, not a fan of this, um, but it was the second time they did it in the show. Um, but basically during it, they uh, Pac and Moxley just kept control on hangman. So basically we come back from the commercial and hangman was able to you know, fight back a little bit and hit a series of lariats um, on, I think it was Moxley. And then he got the hot tag to Kenny and Omega gets in, 
runs wild on Pac, hits a big dive on a Moxley. Um, Hangman gets on the top rope and does a moonsault. I mean, it just crazy amount of, you know, dives and, you know, awesome ring work going yeah. on here. Um, Hangman and Omega were able to work together on a Pac. Moxley broke up a near, near fall and the match kind of turned into chaos from here. Um, Moxley and Omega had a punching match. Omega hit a V trigger, got a huge clothesline. They both rolled out of the ring and then they looked under the ring and Omega grabbed the, excuse me, broom with the barbed wire that he debuted last week. And Moxley pulled out the baseball bat with the barbed wire and the crowd starts going crazy. They jump in the ring. The ref is like, no, no, no weapons here. And Moxley just basically went boo and just like lunged at the referee and the ref's like, Oh, (laughs) screw this. He rolled out the ring. So ref is out of there. Moxley and Omega are facing off with their weapons and Pac being the bastard that he is. He, he rolls in the ring. He snatches the weapon away from Moxley. He gets in his face. He throws all the weapons to the outside and Moxley is just aggravated. He's like, basically he was mad because he wanted destruction and Pac, who isn't even his friend, just happened to be his tag partner, took it away from him. So he gives him the middle finger and hits him with the dirty deeds or whatever it's called now. Yeah. And he uh, exits the ring, says, screw you. So he leaves the bastard to himself and Pac gets up. Hangman hits a buckshot lariat. Uh, Omega hits a V trigger and then Hangman hits the dead eye and they pick it up the victory. Uh, so I really like this match. Um, like, like I agree with you, Matt. I think it was the best match mm-hmm. of the night. It was just really from top to bottom was really fun. And Pac and Omega picked up, I mean, uh, Omega and Hangman picked up a big yeah. win. That's a big um, deal because they were only even, two and three. Both of them actually were two and three. Yeah, I think that I think they needed yeah. this. I think they needed this. And Pac was undefeated, so at least his singles record is you know intact. But he's got a loss now in the tag team. And this set up a match, what I assume will be our main event next week, which will be Pac versus John Moxley. And Moxley's, I mean, I don't want to say obviously because AEW has really pulled some you know some crazy things, but Mox has got to go over right. It's got to go over next week. Yeah, yeah, you'd think so. Um, but uh, yeah, they they hide uh, that match set for next week. Um, it's going to be in Pittsburgh. They also, like I said earlier, mentioned the big the Young Bucks in action. Britt Baker is going to be there in Bridgeburg. Yeah. <laughs> Apparently, that's her mm-hmm. hometown. So um, they did a good job of selling the show next week too, which uh, some other shows don't do that well. Exactly. Um, they'd rather uh, push other shows in other countries that nobody wants to see. <laughs> so, um, but after that, uh, this basically led to our main yeah. event. So the, the, uh, I lost my train of thought. We're just going to move on. Yeah. So the, the, the match was <laughs> awesome. Move on to the main event and it's Chris Jericho versus Darby Allen. And this was a Philadelphia street fight, but forgive me if I'm wrong. I didn't really think this was much of a street fight. No, I think it was mainly so they could have a couple gimmicks in the ring, like the skateboard eventually played a, played yeah. a role. Obviously, tape played a role, chairs. So, I mean, they they actually made it clear early on. I And actually, they made it clear that there were still rope breaks and still submissions in this match. But when they fir- when they had their first rope break – the crowd booed a lot. I wonder if they didn't know because <laughs> you would think in a street fight, road breaks wouldn't right. be a thing. 
but they made it clear on commentary that it was. So I knew that, but I feel like the audience might not have known so, that. After but, the first um, rope break, JR is like, well, even though there's not supposed to be rope breaks, you know, the referee has to do what's best to protect the to protect the competitor. And I thought, oh my gosh, I'm having hell in a cell flashbacks. Please don't say that, JR. <laughs> but then like, no, they did. Uh, they did make it clear. They they made it clear toward the beginning of the match. Um, so at least they got it. <laughs> they got it out of the way to start with, uh, and it wasn't like I said, it might have been confusing to the yeah. crowd there. But I I knew that you know it was possible. So at least they did as a service of saying, "Hey, now this could you know you know, there could be a road break." And uh, so they at least were ahead of it, unlike you know some other company. Yeah, I don't. I didn't like it. The match was good. Don't get yeah. me wrong, but I don't know. It just it seemed pointless. But the, the and the ma- but the match was pretty good. Um, it wasn't what I wanted it to be. It's a Philadelphia street fight. It's in Philly, the home of ECW, and I wanted these two guys to absolutely destroy each other. I wanted to see a coffin drop onto a table where Darby Allen missed. And I just want to see all kinds of crazy stuff. And really, we didn't get anything like that. At one point, the crowd even chanted, "We want tables." Uh, so there was what a, a couple chair spots. There was even a time where Jericho set it up in the corner and nothing came of it. Uh, really, the the big thing was Jericho tying Darby Allen's hands behind his back with duct tape. I mean that that was the real big thing that you couldn't obviously couldn't do in a regular ma- uh, wrestling match. There was a kendo stick spot, but I don't know. As a, as a match, this was enjoyable. As a street fight. That's kind of crap. Uh, I mean, I I was fine with it because, in, and I would imagine Chris Jericho probably had some say in this. Right. Not that he wouldn't be willing to do this, like any kind of crazy stuff. Um, but it is, you know, it's the main event of a TV, a free TV show. Like, you kind of want to save, if they would have just gone all out like they did, you know, in the Darby Allen, uh, Jimmy Havoc, Joey Janela match. Um, you know, doing all that stuff. If they would have gone out all out like that and, you know, risk getting hurt or killing themselves, like it's not really necessary for this, you know, I'm not saying don't try on TV, but at the same time, you know, save that stuff for the big shows. Um, so I was okay with it. I thought like less was fine here. Um, I mean, I, I get your point of saying, you know, as a street fight, it probably wasn't the best, you know, maybe make it just a no DQ match or yeah. something. I just wanted one, maybe two spots. Yeah. So, I mean, they did Jericho use a kendo stick at one point. Um, he, uh, the skateboard got involved, obviously. And like you said, and I really thought the, it was fine, but I thought the match really picked up once they brought the tape in. Uh, Cause I just really yeah. liked the, how it changed the dynamic of the match. Yeah, and Darby Allen is still absolutely insane. He still did everything he was he would have done otherwise. Right. So basically, what happened was um, Jericho had the advantage for a while. He he got the walls of Jericho, and uh, they didn't know whether they call it walls of Jericho, the Lion Tamer. Uh, Jr. called it his variation of the Boston Crab at one point. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so maybe Jericho needs to come up with a new name for it, uh, or at least clarify what it's called. But Jericho was in control. Uh, he had him in the walls of Jericho several times and Darby was able to get to the ropes. Uh, he used a chair, he used a kendo stick. He was going to lawn dart Darby into the chair at one point and uh, he reversed into a stunner for a near fall. But Jericho was able to get momentum back and he basically got tired because 
Darby kept getting the ropes from the walls of Jericho. So he said, you know what? Screw this. Uh, he said, you're not going to grab the ropes anymore because he went outside the ring, looked under and got a roll tape, came in and he hogtied Darby Allen with the tape, tied his hands behind his back. And uh, I mean, you would think Jericho would just beat him down, you know, it'd just be the end of the match. But no, Darby Allen manages to get up at one point and hit a no arm moonsault for a near fall hit a suicide dive with his hands still tied behind his back, uh, went up for the top rope and hit a torpedo dive onto Jericho for a near fall. I mean, just doing fast paced stuff with his hands tied behind his back, you know, just easy stuff. And, uh, so Darby Allen's going crazy. Uh, but Jericho was able to grab the skateboard at one point. He power bombs Darby Allen on top of it. Uh, Darby kicks out of it. Jericho grabs a chair and, um, you know, goes to swing at Darby, but Darby ducks and kicks it, you know, into the kicks it into his face. And it's looking like Jericho might lose to a no arm man, <laughs> but <laughs> Darby gets to the top rope and who comes out, but Jake Hagar. And he Jake shoves, Hagar. shoves Darby off the top rope, that dastardly man. And uh, Jericho finally uh, locks in the walls of Jericho. Darby can't get to the ropes because his arms are behind his back. And Darby, uh, verbally submits and Jericho retains the title. I, I really liked that. I mean, you don't, you just don't see this um, uh, in wrestling yeah. these days. Like, I mean, just the creativity of, and it told a great story because he kept putting in the walls, but Darby would get to the ropes and he said, you know what? I'm going to take your arms away then. Right. And even then Darby was still a machine. So he's like, what am I going to have to do? And it took, you know, Jake Hagar coming out and take, you know, interfering and, Finally, he locked it in the walls of Jericho and Darby couldn't use his hand. So he had to tap out. But yeah. I mean, it's a story. I, I love this match. Um, I, I like the tag match before a little bit more. But I mean, just as it's storytelling wise, I thought it was a really great match. Yeah. No, it was really good. Don't get me wrong. I just uh, there's a couple little nitpicks I had with it. Like as a street fight, it wasn't great. As a match, it was it was really good. But as a street fight, it wasn't great. And like. Did 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 Jack Swagger, Jake Hager, Jake Hagar, did he really need to come out to help Chris Jericho beat a no-armed man? And again, that's nitpicky. I get the whole point of the inner circle is to help Chris Jericho. But, man, I don't know. Like, Darby Allen is now a star because Cody Rhodes made him a star, essentially. But he's, he's 22 years old. Chris Jericho's been wrestling seven years longer than the dude's been alive. I feel like Chris Jericho probably should have been able to pull this off on his own. Again, that's that's nitpicky. But if this happened in the WWE, I'd probably be losing my mind. So I feel like it's important for me to point it out. Well, I don't think it was necessarily that Jericho couldn't beat it. Like he, Darby wasn't dominating him by any means. And like, like I said, I right. think he put him in the wall several times, but Darby was just able to fight through the pain because he's Darby Allen and he got to the ropes each time. Um, and uh, that's why... I, I thought it was brilliant that they brought the tape in and everything. And basically Darby was still fighting back just as much. And Jericho couldn't put him away. Not not necessarily that, you know, Jericho was getting dominated by a guy with um, no arms, but, and then, you know, Hager just came out and kind of ensured Jericho, you know, was able to get out with the victory. Um, I, I will say though, that it didn't necessarily feel like a title match. Right. It, and it might not have needed to be, um, and a lot of people were, you know, criticizing this as well. Cause Darby 
you know, they thought, why does he even deserve this? And they're obviously building, like I said earlier in the show, they're building towards Jericho and Cody. So I don't think it needed to be a title match. Um, I guess if Jericho's going to wrestle, it probably should be a title match, but yeah, um, they, or that's probably how they feel about it, I guess. So it, I thought it was fine. I, I really enjoyed it. Like I said, um, but I, I get your point of view too. I mean, I, yeah. Like I said, so, it didn't feel like a, you know, a main event uh, title match type thing. It was just a good, solid match. I really yeah. enjoyed it though. Okay. So overall, what would you grade this show? Oh, and I will also say that uh, after the match, the rest of the inner circle came down and oh, brought correct. out the bubbly. <laughs> I really enjoyed the show. Um, I thought the weak point of it was, um, I thought the weak point was the women's match, even though it had a really good finish, uh, but it's just kind of sloppy at points. Um, but still the rest of the card was really good. Um, it wasn't perfect. I, I don't think it was good as last week's show, but maybe a little bit less, but I still really enjoyed it. So, uh, I'm going to give it a, I'm going to give it a B. I don't want to okay. give it a B minus cause I've given subpar, you know, WWE shows B minus cause they've had good yeah. wrestling, but I feel like it was a good, a B show. Yeah. So I'm there with you. Um, I think that last week's show was an absolute banger, and it did everything right from start to finish, basically. Right. And I thought the first show was also very, very good. This was a solid show. I mean, it was really, really good. But there were just a couple little nitpicky things that bothered me. I don't know. Another thing that, that I forgot to point out is they announced the Young Bucks, and they announced Britt Baker for next week. But all they said was inaction. So, like, who in the world are they wrestling? And I know that's nitpicky, but if it's a big match, they probably would have announced it, right? So, Britt Baker's probably yeah. someone. I mean, she just got a world title shot, so I don't yeah. know how much bigger a match it could be. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It just it, that if the if it was WWE, I'd be like, oh, well, there, it's going to be a squash match. But with AEW, we'll wait and see. But if I, it was I WWE, they would advertise her for next week, and then she wouldn't show up. <laughs> That's so. a good point. That's a good point. Um, I, I don't know. Like the most of the matches were really good. I just didn't enjoy it as good as I did the other two weeks. Um, again, fun show. Still very much looking forward to next week. Uh, I'll be able to compare it to NXT because my wife and I are, are going to be doing the NXT review tomorrow, so I'm going to be watching that. Uh, but yeah, I, I'm going to give it a solid B. And, and I, I. I I can't complain. I mean, it was the worst show we've had yet, and it's a B. How can I complain about that? The whole thing was fun. Yeah. I don't think there was a point where I was bored at all through the whole two hours. So, uh, yeah, good show. I just, you know, after these last two ridiculous highs, I was hoping for another A show. But it's okay. You can't have an A show every single week. Uh, It was still really good. I'm okay with it. Yeah, and I will say... One thing I'm kind of concerned about, I, I've really enjoyed the show so far, but they've still kind of felt like, obviously they're not up to the pay-per-view levels, but they, I mean, every week so far, I, I've said, this is a wrestling show. Right. And they've basically featured long wrestling matches. Mm-hmm. And there hasn't really been much. I think the Cody Rhodes video package was like the first, you know, kind of outside the ring promo that they've shown, like kind of, you know, adding to that and which I really enjoyed. Uh, and I'd like to see more of that, but man, I really think, and I, 
I don't obviously want it to steer being towards more towards WWE. And I mean, like I grew up on WCW and WWE. So I, I get that a lot of fans will probably take this the wrong way, but I think they need to do more character building. I think yeah. they need to do more promos outside the ring, you know, maybe some backstage stuff. It doesn't have to be a soap opera like WWE tries to be, but we've got to know these characters some more. Um, yeah. They, they can't just come out every, I mean, I haven't heard, I think Jericho is, is really the only person who's cut any promos. Right. Like nobody else has really cut any promos. Um, Not a lengthy one. Yeah. They've been short, you know, outside the ring promos or something like that. I mean, the SCU cut a little bit of a promo on the ramp the um, the first week, I believe. Yeah. But really other than that, nobody's really cut a promo, like a classic backstage promo. Uh, and maybe that'll come. I mean, they're a new, they're a new show, so maybe they'll build up to that stuff. Um, yeah. I don't think the way, and I mean, I could be totally wrong, but just my gut feeling is this won't succeed in the long run as far as like just doing this every week. Right. I mean, it's fun, but it's, I mean, and it feels kind of like a, you know, like a takeover or like a good, like it, it, the atmosphere is good, but is it going to be the same way a year from now? And, and are they just going to be able to rely on just wrestling? Right. Um, I just think they need to focus on building characters up. I mean, they're doing a great job with Jericho, but some other people got to step up and, you know, cut some good promos and, you know, create characters. And um, I'm not saying zany WWE style, but they've got to right. do a little bit of it. And I mean, they're on national television. They've got to give fans a reason I mean, people who don't know these people to care about them. So, well, they're doing that on being the elite, but they can't do it just on YouTube. They have to do it. When yeah, they can't expect of a, a viewers of a people. national TV, you know, show to go on YouTube and get caught up on you know all their shenanigans and all their character stuff. Like, I, I feel like being the elite and um, those, you know, stuff they do online could be a cool behind the scenes type stuff. But right. as far as building what they do on the show, I don't think that should be what that's for. I think they yeah. should do all that on the show. So I've enjoyed the show so far. I mean, Lord knows it's way better. I mean, it was a chore watching Raw and SmackDown this it week. It was hard. Yeah. Um, I like, I mean, I've got SmackDown duty this Friday and I'm just loathing <laughs> like, <laughs> and I'll just go ahead and give a plug. What I'm what I'm planning to do, I'm gonna I'm gonna ride SmackDown solo this week, and I really want to give a state of WWE address because I mean <laughs> I, I am totally with you. Like I know I told you that I, I thought you sounded like a crazy man with Carol and Rain being so. It's their polite. fault though. It's their yeah, fault yeah. <laughs> because they're both so nice and patient and kind and calm. And just because I go nuts doesn't mean other people won't go nuts. I'm done. I'm done. <laughs> Yeah, it's your turn. I mean, I I told you I was totally with you, but I was like, you did sound like a crazy man. But yeah, that's uh, true. <laughs> so, uh, but I'm totally with you, and I'm definitely going to rant. I'm going to I'm going to sound even more crazy because it's going to be silence with me ranting in my own house on Friday. Because <laughs> like we we said going into Hell in the Cell and uh, coming out of it that this was kind of WWE's chance to reset with AEW on the horizon, and they dropped the ball, and they just keep dropping it with this draft and all this. They and didn't drop the ball. They took the ball and kicked it out into orbit, and now they're trying to get it, but it's so far away they can't reach it. Yeah, so <laughs> that's a good way to put it. So it's definitely something I'm going to talk about on Friday because 
yeah, it's it's been so hard to watch. So I mean, even though I've I do have some, you know, the show wasn't perfect, it was way better, I feel like, than you know, what WWE's been putting on lately. Um other than NXT. NXT has been great too. But yeah. Um yeah, main roster stuff has just been hot garbage. So this was a nice breath of fresh air. So uh, if you're looking for that on the main roster, definitely check this show out. Like I'm saying, it's it's a wrestling show. So be expecting for, you know, long wrestling matches. But the crowds are great. The announcing's awesome. Way better than WWE announcing. So this show is worth watching for sure. So if you haven't seen it yet, you know, check it out for sure. And uh, also check, uh, check out their YouTube because they got um, AEW uh, Dark, which are their yeah. dark matches. Um, awesome matches like the Kenny Omega Joe Janela match from last week was amazing. So yeah, I haven't had a chance to watch it yet. I heard it was great. Uh, yeah, go go watch it. It's awesome. Awesome. So yeah, I mean this this show is not perfect by far, you know, but it's it's heading in the right direction. I think I think they can definitely make improvements on it, and it'll be a really fun show. Yeah, going forward. It's only week three. It's only yeah. week three. Ladies and gentlemen, this has been episode forty four of Wrestle Life Radio. Make sure to tune in tomorrow for my wife and I's NXT review and to tune in this weekend for Kyle's SmackDown review. It, it, we are almost an hour again. We just want to say thank you so much for listening to us. We want to say thank you so much for hanging out with us, for liking, sharing, subscribing, and following us on our social media. You can hit us all up at Wrestle Life Pod on Twitter or Wrestle Life Radio on Facebook and Instagram. You can follow me at Russell Life Map on Instagram and Twitter, and you can follow Kyle on Instagram at Kyle.poly. And of course, Chris Cumbie at Russell Life Heel on Twitter. Uh, one last time, ladies and gentlemen, thank you. We all appreciate you. Have a wonderful day. See ya.